Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get weird on a Wednesday night going into week 16 of the NFL season. The final show before Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mike Tanier. How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and happy birthday, young man. What are you? Thank you. You're going to have I your first beer it. later? How's that going to work? Your first scratcher? <laughs> what are you going to get? Um, no, it's, 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 uh, it, it is tomorrow, but I did okay. talk my, my family into giving me all of my, all of my stuff because I wanted it. Uh, but thank you. I, I genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, I'm 24. You get the crap. 24. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> 24. Yeah. Like, did you did did you have the crappy Christmases growing up where it's like, well, you only get about half your, your allotment of gifts because the rest. See, of the everybody asked me that same question. Right. No, like, I dude, I've always loved my birthday because it was like a it was like a pregame for Christmas. Like it wasn't just like, <laughs> oh yeah, here we'll just give you a few of your Christmas. But no, I mean, it was uh, it's always been like its own thing. I've always you know had a good birthdays. Good. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, it's always been. Like I, I loved, you know, the fact that it's, you know, right before Christmas. It's just like I said, it's a nice little pregame. And I'll, this is my favorite time of year. So this is, uh, yeah, no, but no, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Jesus was, uh, always, Jesus was always mad that his birthday fell on Hanukkah. You know, they kind of. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a, a Louis C.K. bit, which I know that he's a polarizing figure for very. Right. Yeah. But. The bit itself is very funny. He talks about um, how his friend, uh, he, he had to explain to his friend that Jesus was Jewish. He's like, well, I don't think he was. He's like, what do you think he was, Catholic? Like, <laughs> Right, right, right. He was six years old praying to himself. Yes, exactly. Himself. Right, right. Uh, it kills me. But yes, um, week 16. But speaking of Jesus, you know, I know that he... I know that God promised the world. I mean, if you believe in that faith, that He would never, uh, you know, send a, another like mass flood to the world. But I think He should rethink that and just send in just a ginormous wave to SoFi Stadium on Sunday to prevent the world from celebrating the birth of His Son by watching Rams Broncos. I feel like that would be there should be an asterisk. You have you have the power to not watch the game, and I'll tell you, I am I am writing up a Monday walkthrough. But the game, that game is inessential. I'm not going to write about it unless sure. some bizarre thing happens. And so I'll get it off the replay at late, like on Sunday night. You don't have to watch. You can spend time with your family. You can spend time with your friends. You can watch the NBA. You can watch Die Hard. But yeah, I, I, Die Hard. I'm thinking of the life choice of like that season ticket holder who probably thought, oh, this is going to be a game. I'm going to move Christmas dinner around to go to this game. And so I'm like, why would I do this? Why would I show up for this thing? This thing? If there if there's more than like 13 people in that stadium on Sunday, all of them should rethink their lives. Um, that is now here's the thing. It's 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 going to be a standalone game and I am going to bet on it because why not? Um, but there are more important games to talk about. The Thursday night game is going to be a fun one. The uh, Jaguars and Jets. The Jaguars, by the way, have. This seems like it's completely in the bag in terms of winning the AFC South for the Jaguars because just announced that Ryan Tannehill likely out for the season. The Titans yes. going Malik Willis for the rest of the year. Yes. This uh, what what looked very grim a few short weeks ago for the Jacksonville Jaguars is now. It looks like even though they're still uh, behind the behind the Titans by a game, this feels like their division to lose. Um, 
In terms of the matchup, the New York Jets, obviously their defense, one of the talks of the season, 10th in the NFL in weighted DVOA. According to Football Outsiders, the Jaguars 15th in weighted DVOA uh, as a team. Trevor Lawrence in his last six games, 14 touchdowns, only one pick, and he's playing fantastic. Uh, obviously, the uh, the comeback against Dallas this past week. Um, Jacksonville and their quarterback have arrived. Uh, at the very least, as a very fun team. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is starting to live up. To, he's washed off that Urban Meyer stink, which yeah. I think that we should give Urban Meyer some sort of award for. Like That takes talent to, to make us all think that this quarterback wasn't good. Right. Um, Good for Jacksonville. This is going to be a, a fun game to watch with playoff implications for both teams on a Thursday night. Uh, a far cry for Kirk Street. Now Michael's having to call Colts Broncos in week three. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, th- this one will be fun. And I love the idea that we're going to try to t- frame this as Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson. Mm. When you have a quarterback who is absolutely rising and demonstrating like week by week, uh, you, you see a little more of who he is and who he's becoming in Trevor Lawrence. Versus a guy who I swear I want to take the tape of the Lions Jets game and put it if there was a box score scouting hall of fame, like that, like that should be running on a loop. Like this was however it was two touchdowns and 330 yards or whatever. Yeah. And and like you know, talk show host or SP, you know, Zach Wilson was benched, he came back and you know, he threw for 320 yards and two touchdowns. What do you make of that? I'm like, he was garbage. He was headed garbage. He did make a couple of throws. Some of the throws were just luck throws, but there were one or two. I mean, he he has a, a half deep. Ball. He he made one to CJ Uzama uh, from beyond the far hash across his body that was yeah. somehow completed by the grace of God. Uh, but well, by the way, if, if Justin Herbert does the exact same thing, then it goes fine. Listen here, Mike Tanier. <laughs> Not today. Almost identical. This. Almost identical to the the Mike Williams throw that was like, well, this is proof that he is the son of God. Okay, and of course, and I and I will preface this right now that Herbert's throw was more accurate and and was tighter, absolutely. But like, it's it's a framing of that Wilson can heave a deep pass, and if the guy's open by a step and has a little bit of leeway, he can catch it, and that's what happened with that. Yeah, you know, the like, the like, game as a whole with the Lions was just weird. Um, ben Johnson just continues to show the size of his testicles every week. <laughs> like <laughs> the uh, the Penny Sewell call against the Vikings to seal the yeah. deal and end up uh, putting that extended the drive and led to them uh, taking an 11-point lead to seal that win. Um, and then the fourth and one pass to – I can't remember the name yes. of the tight end off the top of my head. They've got eight of them that they use. Yeah, um, but regardless, it goes for a touchdown. The Lions continue winning. They've won six of their last seven. They've stomped their way back into the playoffs. That entire – this entire playoff run has been very fun uh, for, for these for these wildcard chases. Um, in terms of tomorrow, though – I would be very surprised if Jacksonville doesn't win. They just got so much momentum right now. And especially looking at the top of the division where they see this is a very winnable division with Tennessee just fading and fading fast. Their quarterback is gone. Uh, they're throwing to you and I at receiver right now. Like this is uh, I expect a Jacksonville win, despite how good the Jets defense has been. Uh, you touched on Zach Wilson. Like there's going to be a new quarterback in New York next year, regardless. And uh, I think th- this is just going to be another footnote in that. There will be another quarterback in in New York, regardless. And I am concerned about that. How good that Jets defense can be against an offense that really looked aggressive last week, especially in the second half, especially when they got a couple turnovers to get the ball the other way. But has come and gone a little bit against a tighter defense. It could be a little bit of a worry. 
and again, the the jet. I mean, excuse me, the Jaguar secondary is not exactly aces. So no. the thing is, Wilson is going to hand them the ball a couple of times. They got to make sure when he hands them the ball, they take it, and then you've got that win. I'm I'm a little not 100 percent sure it's going to be a roll. Like Lawrence versus Wilson will be a roll for Lawrence. I don't know if the game will be that way. I just want to point out here's the actual odds from football outside. Tennessee Titans still have a 56.8% chance of winning the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Jaguars at 44.2. Indianapolis Colts at 0.2. I did see the odds of that uh, for the Colts. So, th- by the way, they just benched Matt Ryan for a second time this year for Nick Foles this time around. Um, so, <laughs> the Titans have to lose out. The Jaguars have to lose their next two games and beat the Titans, and the Colts have to win out. And if they do that, they win the AFC South because the AFC South is the division of the damned. <laughs> they, have to, they have to win out, and the, the other teams have to lose out. But I think the NFC South is also damned. Like this, just a curse. both South divisions are just horrible. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely cursed. And I, I love the the like we're benching Matt Ryan for Nick Foles. Now, the benching of Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger earlier on was like Frank Ryan quite quitting. Mm. You we will hear like Wickersham will tell the story in like two years about how <laughs> the feud between Ballard and uh, and and Reich had gotten to the point where it's like. You keep handing me these quarterbacks. Now I'm getting all this pressure because I can't protect Matt Ryan with this offensive line. Here, let me get your magical rookie seventh round fake Brady, fake Zappy, whatever. Let's throw him out there for a couple of weeks. Does that so he can pull a Doug Peterson and disappear for a couple of months and spend time with his family. Saturday just has no idea. Saturday is like, let's bench Ryan because I feel like humiliating a legend. And replacing him with just a jerk. Like, it's not like I want to give Ellinger one more look, which I guess makes no sense, but like makes some sort of like cosmic sense. What what sense is there to stick Nick Foles out there for the next three games, except humiliate Matt Ryan just because he tried hard this year and had no line in his old? Yeah, the the Indianapolis Colts are a dumpster fire. Um, (laughs) Now, there there were reports saying that uh, Jim Harbaugh is at the top of Jim Irsay's wish list in terms of the next head coach. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he played in Indianapolis, but if you're, he's basically a tenured professor in Michigan at this point. Like, there's no reason for him to leave. Nope. Nope. Why leave Michigan for that? Why leave a place where you are king? Like you said, tenured professor, Supreme Court justice. You never, <laughs> never get fired. Never get, never have anybody look at you the wrong way on campus. You're going to leave for this dumpster fire, where I guess you he, he would probably be coming in as coach GM. That's how they would probably sweeten it because Ballard's going to go. Yeah, I was going to say Ballard. You can't. I don't see them bring back Chris Ballard. He was. He's a good personnel guy. He's a good scout. He, he's got all the bones of being an exceptional GM, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have any balls. <laughs> You know, and it's like, oh, you know what? We're just going to spend another year kind of let's grab a, a veteran quarterback and, and, and spin our wheels for another week. They, they've tiptoed around the quarterback position for the last, what, five years since Andrew Luck retired. They've had a different opening day starter for the past six years. It was Luck, Brissett, Rivers, yeah. Ryan. So, I mean, yes. they've just gone, gone. It's not Zach. Uh, Scott Tolzien was the 2016 starter. Oh, you remember that game against the Rams? That was Scott exciting. Tolzien. Scott Tolzien and Sam Ellinger, I think, are the same guy. I think it just. I think it is reskin, like yeah, how you like reskin the same uh, uh, avatar. It's the same guy. <laughs> he's like got yeah. a yeah. He, he, oh, he's that's got, funny. He's got a new goatee, and it's a different guy. 
Oh, while he was messing around with quarterback, like they never make a solution. Like, like let's really get a bookend left tackle that like is going to take care of things. Let's find the next go-to receiver. They never took care of any of their problems, but be careful if you're dealing with Colts Twitter, because they maybe, maybe they're done with it now because their whole thing was what was Ballard supposed to do? Oh, are you one of those people who thinks he would have done this and this and this? It's like, if you had done any of the one things, like, like if you'd done any one thing that made sense, it'd be like, yeah, that, then they'd be in a better place than they are now. So, yeah, it's it's been a weird. I don't even know how to describe the Colts of this past, you know, this era because I, the Andrew Luck thing was just kind of thrown on them. I don't think that they saw that coming. Right. But at the same time, that was quite a while ago. Now you've had time, multiple off seasons, to be like, okay, you know, let's try to find somebody for the future, and they've just plugged in all of these stop gaps that. For all intents and purposes, just you know, haven't worked out. Each one a little worse than the next. Like each one, you're getting a diminishing. Now Ryan's a better quarterback than Wentz, but you're getting Ryan at so far at the end of his career with so much money, you know, that you're like eating at this point, where you you know you're just you know you're grabbing the 38 year old for a year. At least you could talk yourself into Wentz having like the next five years or whatever. So each one was a diminishing return. Rivers had a little bit left. Wentz was Wentz. And then you brought in the you, you brought in like the tree that they bring in the Rockefeller Center to put up. You know, you roll this tree in and you erect it in your in your in your backfield. And that's that was Matt Ryan this year. In 13 minutes, you have made a joke about Justin Herbert and just degraded Carson once. I don't know why I keep asking you to come on this show. Uh, <laughs> thing is now my my thing. You, you know, I'm I'm like you know what, and you know, I respect you for it because right. you're leaning into it. I do the same thing with Dolphins Twitter at this point. All of yeah. them hate me, and I, you know what, it started off as just like goofiness, but now at this point, fuck them. You'll find uh, as you go on, you wind up with these fan bases, and and like because what happens is you find up you wind up on some Reddit on some thread or at some fan thing. So mm. it's like a couple hundred of them who actually all talk to each other all the time. And they'll come after you. And you can tell how secure they are because they will come after you halfway through the first quarter after like two completions. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you really feel confident. Like, you, better, you better get your flex in right now because you that can't was a, get the final score. You that know? was a hell of a screen pass to it. It's completed to Raheem Mostert. <laughs> right. You got me. Yeah. Right, right. That's exactly it. This, is, this will be your next – this is the next 35 years of your life. I, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, yes. I, outside of Thursday night, I mean – you look at the slate of games, there's not anything like too terribly exciting outside of Cowboys Eagles. And it looks like Gardner Minshew is going to be the starter for that game. Yeah. Uh, however, I mean, we saw Gardner Minshew step in last year uh, against the Jets and he played fantastic. Yeah. Um, and now he's got AJ Brown at his disposal and a ton of weapons uh, on that side of the ball. The defense is really good. We know that. Um, I think that Gardner Minshew, you know what? Hot take Gardner Minshew could start for probably like seven teams right now. Um, I like Minshew. I don't think that obviously he's not going to bring what Jalen Hurts does, but he's not going to be such a terrible fall off that the offense is going to look lost. I think he's going to be serviceable. He's going to make a handful of plays that, you know, that keep the ball moving and keep yeah. the offense in contention. Uh, it's going to depend on how this Dallas defense answers from that monstrosity that we saw this past Sunday against Jacksonville. Um, what is what is with teams, by the way, late in the season? Going to Duval and just shitting the bed. We saw Buffalo lost nine to six last year. Right. Um, the the Colts who just had to beat Jacksonville, a horrible Jacksonville team last year to get in the playoffs, couldn't do it. And now this year, the Cowboys blow a seventeen point lead uh, down in Jacksonville. Something about that stadium. Yeah. Um, but it's Dallas, not a, it's not a fun town. That might be part of it. Like going, like, oh, what are we doing here? 
I've never been to Jacksonville, yeah. but um, I've only been to Florida once, and I, I, I'm not in a rush to go back. No, no but, but Miami, Miami is everything you think it would be. You know, when you see like Miami Vice or whatever, like like stuff like that, it's like that. And when you get to be my age, Tampa has like its charms because it's sleepy but also very sunny. And I, I, I don't Jericho know. lives in Tampa. Fun fact: Who's that? Chris Jericho, the rest, the, the wrestler. Yeah. Okay. Tom Brady, Tom Brady lives in, in Tampa. I wonder if they're neighbors. I, yeah, they might. They might. They might hang out all the time. They got nothing else to do. <laughs> Dallas does need a rebound, though. On a serious note. Um, yeah. And I saw Kyle Brandt had tweeted right after that they had lost in overtime. Like every year, everybody says the Cowboys are different and every year they're wrong. Like uh, until proven otherwise. And look, I do think that Dallas is, this is going to be the first time that they've made the playoffs in consecutive years since 2006 and 2007. Um, so th this team does feel like a team that can win a playoff game. Perhaps I don't think they're the favorite in the NFC by any means, but can I see them going on a run and getting to the Super Bowl? Sure. But until proven otherwise, they're still the Cowboys. And if you beat Philadelphia, regardless of who the quarterback is, yeah. you know, that's that's a bit that's a big uh, a big pick me up after a tough loss. Well, right away, you get yourself you, you're still alive to get a first round by. You're still alive mm -hmm. for the advantage. Very slim hopes. But then you can put yourself in the well, maybe the two seed so that you get more home playoff games after the win. That's going to help them. I'm going to be honest. I have not checked the Cowboys injury report. I know defensive injuries were part of what happened last week. I think they need to be closer to strength. And um, you know, from a line standpoint, I actually like the Eagles plus five and a half last I saw them. Don't necessarily, I mean, they could take a loss here, but I think at the very least Minshew is going to play well. And you give me four points with a backup quarterback and, and that roster and that defense, I'm going to take it all the That's way. That's your golden rule. Golden rule. And like this is an established backup. You, like I was actually trying to think. You said, "Oh, he could start for this many teams." Gardner Minshew would start for the Steelers tomorrow. Steelers, yes. Houston, I'm guessing Indianapolis at this point. Absolutely, Indianapolis, yes. Uh, I, I mean, um, Arizona right now. Arizona right now. Although let's let's say that like you have like the starters healthy. Okay, fair enough. You, you can go with that. There's good. There's a. I mean, the Jets. He could start for the Jets. Sure. Absolutely start for the Jets. Yeah, there, there is a bunch of teams he could start for right now. Can, can I ask you something? You yeah. watched the game-ending tip drill interception by Dak Prescott into the, the young man's Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. A lot of people put, obviously bounces off Noah Brown's hands. What play are the Cowboys running on that? Dude, that was such a weird, weird play. Because everything just felt so clustered. Yes, and I didn't know what the concept like at first leg like, is like, OK, this seems like it could have been like some sort of mesh. But at the same time, I don't recall seeing intersecting guys. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Ask Kellen Moore. Can, should we get Kellen Moore? Let, let, let's see. Kellen Moore on the line. Kellen Moore on line one. You know, like it's the air raid concept where there's the mesh of the two drives. Yeah. And then the person goes behind them and runs like a dig. I think that's what it was supposed to be. Somebody messed up. Somebody messed up. Well, there was a defender who rode the guy out. Yeah, and disrupt it. But I that's what I'm saying because somebody came all the way across as if it was some sort of drag concept and perhaps a mesh if somebody else is going underneath. But I I don't know. And and the one dude who looks like he's deep starts looking like he's going to block. And I think it was Lori Kapatrick said, I think this is supposed to be a double mesh rub concept to get the guy open. That, that's I, that makes sense. All I'm yeah. thinking is, if this guy's going like this to block downfield, he's just he's just. Hi, I'm OPI. My he looked like he's setting a screen in the WNBA. Like, I don't know what he was going for there. <laughs> but right? setting a screen at the baseline when the ball's at half court. Like, this is not a thing. So, like, I look at these and it's like, well, that's 
that looks like an installation error where you install this play and the depths aren't right and everything. And it leads to the interception because Noah Brown's in this weird place. And Dak is throwing into a crowd, but there's, that's, yeah, that's, his receivers are a crowd. What, and the angle of the throw was weird too. Like I, I know it hit Noah Brown off the hands and whatnot, yeah. but I mean, you saw the way like Dak's throwing it. It's like going downward, and it just yeah. didn't look. It looked a, right. a whole lot of wanky. Like that was just a a recipe for oh shit, we just lost in Duval. Right, um, right. And he threw a similar looking pass against Houston the previous week. Uh, was that the one when they were like inside their own? Yeah, it was a game losing yeah. play. In but it was Houston, so it did, eventually didn't matter. Right, right. But you're playing Houston, and they get stuffed on like, and yeah, you get, right, right. So, so uh, you know, Dak has to be better. I know Dak's one of those guys that you can't. You either criticize saying he's a pile of garbage, or you can't criticize at all. He's got to like eliminate those interceptions he's been throwing lately against this defense because that's not going to fly. Dak is in that group, isn't he? Like, there are certain quarterbacks that you either, in terms of what Twitter says, like. If you criticize him, that automatically means you hate him. Yes. Like it's there's right. no middle ground. Like I I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I and I tweeted this. Nobody plays down to competition at that level, like in his tier, more than he does. Like I yeah. like he the game against Houston wasn't good. Uh yeah, right. the game against Jacksonville wasn't uh, uh, he made some plays against Jacksonville, obviously. But late in the game, there was a lot of questionable decisions. So yeah. I like Dak. Um, and he's not the only one. Like Lamar Jackson's in that same tier yeah, where yeah. either, you know, all right, you either love him or hate him, according to, you know, the the the, the Twitter fans. Right, I think right. Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of in that same group too. A little bit. Um, it's more masked by the fact that the defense is yeah. know, him all this. Yeah, but there, there, there are streaky quarterbacks that will make these have these little bunches, like bunches of turnover. Yeah. You know, and if if it's one quarter every like two games, then you're probably like a top 12, top 15 quarterback. But if it's like a half every week, that's a problem. Then then that's a problem. Yeah. But, but like uh, Dax in the former category, he's somebody who gets them from time to time. And they're more noticeable when you're always on national television, frankly, because if you're have that bad streak and you're the one o'clock uh, Z broadcast, no one cares. No one knows. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with him too is, I used to be like a few years ago, I was like, okay, you know what? Dak is fine. I don't think he's all that great. And then the year that he got hurt at uh, 2020 when they were without him and we saw yeah. how important he was, I was like, okay, you know what? Kudos to Dak. And then he comes back last year, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks played fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like Dak. Don't get me wrong, but there are stretches where like, he's just, he's not looking like himself and he plays right. down the competition and you right. would like to see that happen less. Um, yeah, uh, we'll stick in the NFC East though, because the Giants traveled to Minnesota, who just completed the greatest comeback in NFL history. Mike Tanier that we witnessed. How about that? Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson on the call on a random ass game against featuring the Minnesota Vikings and the Jeff Saturday led Colts on a Saturday. Who Saturday. It, it wouldn't have happened to? It couldn't have happened to just a more like. Of course, this happened to Matt Ryan and the Colts, which who we've touched on already. Um, but that was one of the more uh, insane games I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, I mean, biggest comeback ever. That's going to be it. It was, yeah. insane. I was day drinking, which was nice. <laughs> uh, and, and I was on the, the football outsiders discord and you guys check my feed. You can find the football outsiders discord. And I played the second half play. I played the, the Vikings plus 26 and a half, like, like a boss. And I was like, they scored the first couple touchdowns. Like, see guys, I'm a, 
I'm a wagering genius. And then they like, keep responding, like, well, I wasn't expecting this nonsense to happen. Um, but like the Vikings did a lot well, certainly in the second half. It's like there's a mismanagement of the game that just comes into play when you keep giving the ball back and keep giving the ball back and they're scoring. And that that's the that's the Jeff Saturday chef's kiss. And remember, it's not just just they don't have a court offensive coordinator. They fired no. the coordinator when they fired right. So so the all idea it's like, okay, we're going to manage the game, so we're going to get a couple first downs. Like there's nobody there who has like a good plan for this. Yeah. You know, but all, all of it was just and I saw a quote from Patrick Peterson who said, Hey, we just need five more touchdowns and we got this. And everybody's like, oh, I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> and right. but after after the Dalvin Cook touchdown. I think it was the first play from scrimmage. They throw a screen pass to Dalvin Cook and yes. he takes it 80, 80 yards to the house. I don't think that there was a person in there who thought that the Colts were going to win that no, game, no. even though they were still winning at that point. Right. Right. And it felt that way. And then you, you just get these plays at the end, like the, the Matt Ryan, you know, backwards sneak. And we, everybody's seen the picture now because I'm like, you know, giving him a freaking uh, colonoscopy test and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And all. But, but just like, like everything, there was just this one play. I think it was Deion Jackson runs it. And he gets 11 yards and he goes out of bounds. It's just mu- like, think, like, like just slide. Was, no, no, in fairness, if you watch him, he tries to like butt his way down at the last second. Mm. He slides out. So it's not really not on him. He knows what he's doing. But it's just like every little, when you're, when you're not well coached, put together, or yeah. every little poopy thing is going to happen to you. Yeah. And that's what happened to them in the end. I, I just, in my walkthrough, I said, well, Vikings, that was your Super Bowl. That was your Super Bowl right there. <laughs> Okay. If, if 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 that happens once, eleven and three team, and you got one win like that, and it's like, well, you know what? That that shows you have a variety of ways of winning. You've got resilience. Your quarterback can come back. That's the tenth that, time that's happened to them this year. In terms of one score game. Yeah, yeah. It just it just means it's complete nonsense. It just means it's complete nonsense that you are where you are. And the only reason, but like you have to take them seriously because we just talked about how the Cowboys are who we think they are. Yeah. The Vikings are who they think we are. Brock Purdy is a seventh round rookie that we never name. Like we, oh, he looks really good. We never mentioned his name once through draft season, through anything. Let's not pretend that we're all suddenly like experts in Brock Purdy. Right. Just talk about Gardner Minshew. Like, like anything can happen at this point because the teams that you can say, well, this is the team that's going to be you have confidence in, mm-hmm. has have bad quarterbacks right now or having uh, backup quarterbacks. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Giants attack this because I don't think that there was a lot of people that were betting on them to beat Washington this past Monday night. Yeah, no, no, uh, no. They go in, they win on the road 20 to 12. Um, and then look, if you're Daniel Jones, who you know didn't get his fifth year option picked up, they're still holding a wild card spot right now. Um, both them and Washington are over Seattle because of the tie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you look in the rearview mirror, like Seattle's still coming, although they have a daunting schedule. The Detroit Lions are still coming. Yep. If you're the Giants and you win this game, you are in a damn good position to hold on to a playoff spot. You are, absolutely. And, and they're a hard team to get a handle on because you can watch their game and at the end say, how did they score? How did they move the so, ball? So many times. <laughs> right. Like, what was that drive? It's like a drive built out of three-and-a-half-yard plays, and yet it was effective. It's- and, and it's three and a half yard plays and Daniel Jones picking up like six yards of scramble. Like right. there's nothing extravagant about it, but they just somehow keep getting first downs. And then before you know it, they're like, Oh my goodness, the giants are at the 15. How the hell did that happen so quick? Right. Right. By the way, the giants playoff odds are 89.6 right now. So this, this game probably, I don't know if it actually officially clinches it, but it like takes it all, but clinches it. It all, but clinches it. And, and like there was one play. And by the way, you talk about the Jones, the Jones scrambles, the Jones, 
little zone read read options where he gets yeah. five, six, seven yards. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we keep forgetting he is a very good runner. Like, but like he never gives you like that 37 yard run. You know, it's always like like matriculating down the field. There was one, I think it was third and two. And in the slot is Richie James. And he's left the, the defenders off. It's like the safety that's off. And it's just hike. Boop. James runs gain of seven. And it's like, like, that's so simple. That's so simple. And yet you you never see you never see a team on third and two. Hey, look, we got a guy uncovered in the slot. Let's just boop it to him. And like the Giants make entire drives out of that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's weird too because like they don't really have any of their like go-to offensive guys. Like Wandell Robinson's hurt. hurt. Kenny Galladay has one of the worst contracts in the history of professional sports. Like nobody knows what. One thing that did help them out though is Kayvon Thibodeau looks very much worthy okay. where they selected him in the draft. He had a phenomenal game. He had he had I think it was uh, uh, Tariqo caught it the grand slam. Uh, he got the sack, the strip, the recovery, and the touchdown. Yeah, uh, which kind of set the tone for the Giants the entire game. Um, the defense played really well. Taylor Heineke did not play really well. Uh, some uh, whispers about them going back to Carson Wentz for the rest of the year. Like, if you're Washington, that if you lose, that's one thing because you're still holding on to a playoff spot. You can still, you know, you, you control your own destiny. You look that bad though, and people are starting to question. Okay, do we go back to a different quarterback? That's that's not how you wanted things to go down this past weekend. No. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. If you're at the end of the season. Get this kid out there. Give him, give him a look. He can run. He's got a live arm. I don't know what else he's got besides that. But if you find yourself eliminated at this point, try that. Trust me. You do not want to go back to Carson Wentz. Sam Howell never had a hamburger in his life. That's right. That was that guy. But he's not a vegetarian. Yeah, I I don't know what his logic is. Like like I, I'm I more of a, I'm more of a hot dog over a hamburger guy myself. But like I still like a burger. Yeah, I didn't eat hamburgers until I was like seven or eight. Okay. I don't know. Young people nowadays, it's like you people, you young people. <laughs> it's like you're not just sort of required to eat what everyone else eats as often as as we were in our day, where it's like you know this is this is what's on the table, this is what this restaurant serves, and you're going to deal with it. You know, you, you with your DoorDash, you know, and your food courts. I do love DoorDash. I uh I abuse DoorDash uh because there's a Red Lobster and who did I talk about this with? Oh, it was Ben Raven because he was talking about DoorDashing food uh, the last time he was on the show. And I asked him if he had a red lobster in your room to get the uh, the Cajun pasta. It's delicious. Um, a big DoorDash guy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever used DoorDash. Really? I got my, my pizza places here. We'll deliver. I can I get delivered food. Uh, but like if it's someplace that I don't know that they have a delivery truck themselves, I will. I go get it myself. So and I don't do red lobster either. Although the cheesy bread's good. You don't like red lobster? I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge seafood guy. Like I don't get seafood when I go there. The, the pasta's got chicken in it. It doesn't have seafood. Okay, fair enough. I've, I've, I've never done that. I, I haven't eaten an Applebee's since my kids were like four. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did date an Italian girl, and uh, they do. This is festive. Uh, the like the Christmas Eve dinner of the seven fishes. Yes. I missed that I'll, probably just as much as I miss dating her. I think <laughs> that was <laughs> the greatest, hands down, minimum a top five dinner of my life. I, and I'm not that big into seafood or whatever, but like when you've got like a full blown Italian mother who can just cook, right. oh my lord in heaven, that kicked ass. We had, we I had an aunt that would do it because my my grandma didn't do it, uh, my mom didn't do it, my we had an aunt that did it, did it once or twice, but like I I didn't eat seafood as a kid, so I right. but I would eat spaghetti with the clam sauce. Yes, yes. Oh, dude, I. 
there are some like select ones that I enjoy. Um, I had calamari for the first time that year, and I didn't know how I was going to feel about it, but I, I enjoyed the calamari a lot. Um, Good. Yeah. So I, I, I do miss that. Um, miss being a relationship, not too much, but I do miss the fact that I would get food sent home with me by the uh, by the girlfriend's mom. It, yeah, oh, it ruled. Um, Italian girls, I can say this, Italian girls can be a little difficult. They can be a little challenging. Yes, they can, Mike Tanier. Yes, they can. I married an Irish girl, so. <laughs> um, and, and the greatest segue in the history of journalism, uh, the Detroit Lions yes. uh, <laughs> traveled to Carolina, who um, the Panthers is still in it, Mike. Um, <laughs> why, why the hell not? Uh, <laughs> the, Detroit the NFC South is so bad. So, like, we're talking about this game tomorrow on the Football Outsiders podcast. And now, now, on Sunday, I watched on my three t- my my four TVs, really. The fourth one was that game. So I was watching it regularly in between e- Eagles, Bears, and whatever the big game was, Jets, Lions. Yeah. And it erased from my main brain play-by-play. Like, I would look up, and my brain would not would reject what was it was saying. So I loaded up this morning, and I swear I, I was in a fugue state like this. You weren't you weren't missing anything exciting whatsoever, in terms of the Panthers at least. You have Trubisky and you have Darnold, and if you listen to the feed, the announcers mixing them up. Yeah, that would be uh, Greg Gumble and Adam Archuleta. Yeah, because Greg Gumble can't be bothered when which failed prospect is which on his like <laughs> second, third chance, whatever it is. Right, they're both just Mitch Mitch Tridonald. That's what they both are. And they look alike. And then I'm watching the way, I mean, you got Canada with his offense, which is even more boring than it was earlier in the year. Which is a feat in itself. Yes. And Ben McAdoo, who is basically like morphine to watch. (laughs) And it felt like a USFL game. Because like a USFL game, you have these two quarterbacks that you've heard of. This is, I'm going to let you continue. That is the perfect analogy of that game. Yeah. And they're My running opinion. like the the playbook that you give the high school all stars that they have like one week to memorize so they can play a high school all star game. Like, oh, we're going to do the rollout waggle and we're going to do inside zone, outside zone. And here's our basic screen pass. And I'm like, both of these teams are still in the playoff chase. Technically, what am I? What am I doing? What am I doing watching this? Trying to come up with an analytical notes for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, no, that felt like an old Alliance of American football game where you're like, yeah. oh, Christian Hackenberg's playing. I remember him. How about right. that? Right. I loved him at Penn State. Yes. <laughs> Christian oh, Hackenberg. Is that Kellen Clemens out there? Oh, who thought? Yeah, My was, goodness. Yeah, we we put Kellen Clemens on the cover of a Football Outsiders almanac uh, because... That would have been a while ago then, huh? Uh, it was a few minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> Because it was a prospectus. That's how long ago it was. Let me, let me give me a second here. I know this is not compelling live. Okay, cool. Here, I'll I'll find something fun to show you too then because uh, this pot Ben Raven. So here, I've got mine right here. I just got to take it off my wall. Okay, let's here. see. Let's see. Okay, so I, Yours is like, I collect a lot of memorabilia, whether it be like toys, like Batman toys. I like sports memorabilia. You see the Jaguars helmet behind me. And I was at a, um, a store and I could not pass up the two for six buck bobbleheads, Joey Harrington. Oh, that's the, awesome! So I got this one, and I got a Drew Bledsoe Bills one that are just hanging <laughs> side by Bills side. one. Yeah, Need the Drew Bledsoe Cowboys one to go to the next level. Oh, that would be love. Oh, yes, with Romo peering behind him over his shoulder. 
You need, oh God, you need Joey Harrington, but with a piano in front of him. <laughs> that was like the the anonymous scout thing. Like, like this is so, this guy. This guy's weird. He plays the piano. He plays piano. He what plays, what draft class is that? Oh three, oh two, oh three. It was him and, and David Carr, so maybe it was oh two. Oh three. Yeah, but yeah, it would have been oh two because the Texans 02. were expand were the expansion franchise in oh two. Right, and and I mean he was basically he was. Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky, they're all like one guy, you know. But Kellen Clemens, back in the day, Football Outsiders Almanac was pro football prospectus. We were uh, affiliated with the baseball prospectus people. And they would they did all the cover stuff and everything, and they would say, put some guys that you have like really strong take projections on. Let's see. Let me see if I can name. There's Tony Gonzalez. There's Eli Manning. Kellen Clemens. Al Harris. And who's that one on the far? That is Walter Jones. And Ronnie Brown, Wildcat. Well, but it was before the Wildcat. That's amazing. It's is 06. But like at least we're at least we're talking like you know, Walter Jones was the real MVP. That was the year the um Seahawks lost to the Steelers. Yeah, it would have been the following year. In that delightfully officiated contest. Um, but like we were talking about like the, the MVP, I think Sean Alexander won MVP that year. He did. He he broke the touchdown record that year, did he, he not? Broke the touchdown record, and he did it because Jones and Hutchinson were the line that was a fantastic offensive line that year it was it was i can't remember the other like, i know that like uh, like lockyer was one of the guys there was Matt really never lined up in shotgun wasn't that a thing like he was yeah yeah because it was very old school west coast offense yeah. it was like the, like the, the the joe montana west coast that went through Hogan said to like hell you're gonna what do you think this is the new york jets in the 1960s <laughs> matt hasselbeck no get your ass under center Oh my God! No, no, they were a fun team to watch, but yeah. So Kellen Clemens, because our original projection system, like, was really high on him. It was a pretty rudimentary projection system. I'm like, this guy, he's he's the shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Of, it was uh, Kellen Clemens. Wasn't like Brooks Bollinger his backup that year for the Jets? That was a hell of a quarterback. <laughs> Bollinger wound up getting the starting job and. But I remember he was like Mr. Pesky Scrambly guy. Mm. So it was like at least like when he was out there, the offense like they moved. Yeah, he was. Way. He would go like seven of thirty every game, but he'd have like seventy rushing yards, and they'd still put up like sixteen right, right. points and win a few scrappy games. Win a few games because yeah, I think it was like the late end of the uh, Parcells era. Or uh, would have been. Uh, was, was that Parcells? No, it wasn't no. Rex Ryan yet. Was it? it wasn't Rex Ryan? It was, was it Herm Edwards? Oh God! It might have been Herm. Yeah. When did Herm take over? Because Herm was the Chiefs head coach in 07. I thought Herm might have gotten there hey, around that time. Who the hell? Game. You don't play it just to play it. <laughs> play the win the game. Ask Arizona State how that's going. Uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he he was an interesting guy. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Oh, oh yeah, you're an Eagles guy. I'm an Eagles guy, right? And he went through like the scouting ranks and everything, um, and probably is like, and he is a very, very good football mind. And I don't think that out there actually making the, the decisions as head coach is really the place for him. Like, if he's running director of scouting or something like that, it's probably a different guy. Uh, right. So Herm Edwards was 05. Okay. And that was Brooks Bollinger. Okay. But th that was all in between. This is during the Great Pennington. On again, off again, year yeah, on, year off. The shoulder. But we forgot a very important coach, the man genius, Eric Mangini. Oh, is that who that was? Oh, my goodness. Yes, because Spygate happened in 07, because it's the year the Patriots went undefeated, didn't it? Mm-hmm. 
they had such a they had the weird run because it was Parcells, and then the, obviously the Belichick thing happened, and then yeah. Al Gro for a year, Al for a year, and then he went to Virginia and pissed off. Yeah, he he, <laughs> ran, he ran to like my alma mater. Is go there fast enough. <sighs> Goodbye, New York. Go to hell. <laughs> Oh, the New York Jets, aren't they terrible? Um, two more games that I do want to touch on, and then we can um, – Green Bay-Miami. Uh, that game is yeah. in Miami. The Dolphins have lost three straight. Yeah. Um, the Packers, I think they can make – if this game was in Lambeau, I would be much more interested. The fact that it's in Miami, obviously, that'll, that'll tilt the favor uh, to the Dolphins. They're only three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, which is a little bit shocking. But you look at how their offense has played over the last three weeks, I think that tells the entire story. Uh, they started playing real competition um, on the defensive side of the ball. Not even real competition on the defensive side of the ball against the Chargers because Derwin James and Joey Bosa weren't playing, and they just decided to not run the ball against the league's worst run defense. What are you doing, Mike McDaniel? Yeah, that um, was bad. Yeah, it was horrible. Two started the game three of 17. Not good. And then somehow Emmanuel Ocho tried to defend it. I'm not getting into that, but regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a favor here on your 24th birthday. Yeah. Don't live in the world of the bad faith television person argument because they are the I ones defining it. the conversation. You know, I um, here I'll tell you a story. When I first like got into school, obviously being very naive, I was like, "All right, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to network my ass off." Which I mean, I did that part. That was a good thing to do. I was like, "I'm going to graduate. I'm going to go to ESPN. That's what, <laughs> that's what's going to happen." Okay. And uh, right. you know, yeah. once uh. Once I started, you know, getting more into this and writing and getting more associated with knowledgeable people, um, I realized that that's not what I want to do ever. I don't want to be known as a talking head with bad takes and who might not be as and look good for them for making a livelihood of doing it. Tip my cap to them. Um, not what I want to do. So, right. right. But they, but they are defining and dictating. So instead of you, well, you'll find yourself instead of analyzing these things. I'm reacting to what they say. Yeah. And then that's not as good an analysis. Because the idea, Herbert is better than Tua. I just proved that there's nothing to prove. That's nonsense. Obviously, Herbert's better than Tua. But what you want to find yeah. is the good, the good appraisal of Herbert and the good appraisal of Tua that is actionable moving forward and saying, well, I think, you know, can can these Dolphins win on Saturday? That's a legitimate question. Can the Chargers this year or next year, if they get a receiver, do this or that? Those are the questions that need to be answering. Those guys aren't doing that. They are. Monday morning, a producer says, I want you to come up with some, what do you got on this, this, and this? This is what's trending. And the one who comes up with the craziest ass thing gets half the internet riled up. And like people my age, people who should know, but I am riled up. I'm mad online and I'm responding to this. And it's like, they're the ones making the money. They're the ones who get the alpha yeah. clicks of this deal. You're filter feeding. Exactly. Uh, where were we? But regardless. Uh, they yeah, yeah, two of the Dolphins. Yeah, no, they didn't. They uh, they offense played poorly against a really good 49ers defense. Two or three, two picks. One really ugly one in the flat that was intended for Tyreek Hill yeah. that he threw behind and was picked off by Diamador Lenore. Um, yeah. They played poorly against the Chargers, and then uh, they lose to Buffalo. Um, the offense looked better. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, yeah. Tua looked better. Um, Even that game Bills was wild. What's yeah, they were in it for. I don't think it was ever, you know, a guarantee that the Bills were going to win. They just held the ball after Miami punted with, I think, six minutes left. They didn't get the ball back because it was just a really 
well-run final drive for for Buffalo, and Josh Allen is not of this world. Um, so, so now now you're uh, the Miami Dolphins. You're still holding on to a playoff spot. It is the number seven seed now um, in terms of, of playoff seeding because the Chargers overtook them at the six because of the head-to-head matchup. Right. So now you've got a, a Green Bay team that really doesn't have anything to lose. I think technically they're also still on the hunt, but That's it's fair. very, very slim. Um, I'm, the thing is, though, I th- we were waiting for the Packers to turn into the Packers, and they never did. Um, but when you've got Aaron Rodgers on the other sideline, I don't think you can ever just necessarily write them off. Absolutely. And I don't know, like, I get no sense of what happened on Monday night, if that, like, educates anything. But, like, you can't write them off. This is the receiving core that they were kind of hoping to get that we didn't see for most of the year. We mm-hmm. now we now see a Dobbs and a Watson with some experience, and 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 so they're able to do more of those things on offense. I don't know what they have defensively, and I look at this game like this is the game of the week for me because I don't know what I what to make of the Dolphins coming out of that three game road trip. Okay, if they did look better in Buffalo, the one thing that didn't happen is the oh, it's so cold, we don't know how to operate. Like that did not happen. They they ran the ball well. With the, the snow at the end was the snow at the end. They didn't have the ball when the, when there was actually snow on the ground. I keep thinking they're going to pull out of it to a degree. I, I'm not this huge believer in Tua or anything else like that. Neither am I. No, they should pull out of it to a degree at some point. And I think they were starting to pull out of it in that game. So I need to see what the Packers have on defense right now. Their defense has stunk all year. It's a very passive defense. They like giving up a lot of space underneath. The Dolphins yeah. love to exploit a lot of space. Underneath. Very, very remnant to me of Ed Donatel's defense in Minnesota, where yes. it's like, okay, you know, take the underneath stuff. We'll just try to hold you to a field goal. Good luck. Yeah. My, my theory there is that because they've lost, they didn't have a lot of their edge rushers for, for a while here. They don't have yeah. what they need at the edge. Uh, Devondre Candle has been out for a while, and I don't think – I mean, he had a phenomenal year last year. He's still Devondre Campbell, you know. So <laughs> I don't think that they're like – we're not going to get much pressure on our front seven. So, you know, we're not necessarily comfortable pressing and things like that because it's just like your press are going to get beat. So I think that's why they're running what they run there. But that's a bad formula against the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, if you give – the Dolphins, anything underneath, especially over the middle. I mean, have fun reading the back of Tyreek Hill and yes. Jalen Waddle's jerseys, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, so, right. uh, look, I mean, we, Jair Alexander uh, is great, but I believe that he's missed. Has I want to say he's missed time. Am I? Am I correct he in saying that? Time earlier in the year, he's been back for a while, but I don't know how okay. long he's been. Zool had this phenomenal year last year. Zool Douglas, and it's like mm-hmm. he's fine. He's fine. Lately, look at these charting stats. I was like, I've looked at Rizzo Douglas. I know he can sort of get the job done, but I'm probably looking yeah. at these charting stats. Is a lot of last year, Zadarius, Preston, Kenny Clark. They had yeah. uh, Gary as he came around. And, you know, they don't have Zadarius anymore. Um, Gary's been hurt or Clark's been hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, this, this is good stuff. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, you know, we're just going through our, our bingo cards. Okay, well, has this Packers guy been injured this year? I believe right, so. I'll pull, maybe. I'll pull up the Monday night game book. Hold on. I'll pull up the Monday night game This is how we do it. We don't guess. We have computers in front of us that can tell us. On the, fly, on the fly journalism at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes. So the, so we had Jay Reed, Kenny Clark, Enig Barre. That was your front three. Let's see. Not active. Bakhtiari wasn't active. Okay, Alexander was out there. Okay. Zool was out there. Preston Smith was out there. Uh, 
but I don't know who's on. Uh, but I don't know if Gary, Gary must be on IR because he's not listed as a not play. That would make sense. Yeah. And they don't get squat out Devontae Wyatt these days, do they? Uh, anyway, a bunch of guys. I do think that that, Dever- that Zadarius Smith lost is one of the bigger ones for any team because the yeah. the pressure that they got with both Smiths was a big catalyst for their defense and how successful it was. Um, yeah. But yeah, Preston, no. It, yeah, yeah. Preston, but, he increased a lot on his own. Yeah. In terms of the in terms of their defense, though, I mean, if that's they need to make some some sort of adjustments in terms of okay, we cannot give them underneath stuff because they've got you know the fastest human being on earth apparently a receiver, and, and Jalen Waddle isn't slow either. So that'll be <laughs> that'll be one to watch. Um, Las Vegas and Pittsburgh will be playing on Christmas Eve night, uh, the fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, with a heavy heart. Um, yes. Yeah. Franco Harris is supposed to have his jersey retired on the anniversary. He passes away today. Um, yeah, your thoughts on Franco? I mean, you've uh, you uh, you watched him play. I obviously did not. Um, thoughts on Franco Harris? Larger than life character. All of the guys in the Steel Curtain were larger than life characters. Um, it is different when you're eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. And you're watching the Steelers pretty much every four o'clock game, every night game, every Monday night, every playoff game. Mm. And this guy is just a symbol of how, uh, of like determination and perseverance and like this unstoppable force. And it was very much old school 70s football. This is not Barry Sanders we're talking about. This is not a Tyreek Hill. This is carry after carry, four yards, six yards, five yards, four yards, seven yards, six yards. And as a as a young person, it was like as a Philadelphian, you tr- you root against anyone who's successful. That's that's the Philadelphia. <laughs> so you hate the Cowboys, and while some people like the Steelers, you, you hate the Steelers because they're successful and you're not. And you're watching this guy who, and I, I used to root for the, the Oilers because I loved Earl Campbell, and like, and Campbell would have these amazing games. Like you cannot stop Franco Harris, and years and years go by, and he was the le- all time leading rusher in the NFL for a while. Um, and and just like like a it's a formative character. It's a formative character where like when I think of my childhood, who I think of, well, I think of Jaworski and all. You think of Franco Harris and what he did. And he was always involved in the in the league afterwards. You'd always see him radio row places like that. Uh, it, it it's a it's a hard loss. He's somebody who seemed like they were indestructible. Yeah. Suddenly taken like this. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I wasn't uh, around at the time. Uh, but being a Steelers fan, um, yeah. you know, you're kind of, you know, you're taught how to how to walk, and then you're taught about the immaculate reception, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and that's yeah. yeah, yeah. And hold on, I speaking of fun stuff, I have this that I need to frame because yeah. I had it on my wall, but it wasn't framed. Um, so I want to make sure I do that. That's so nice. yeah, I, I was too. I didn't see the immaculate reception. Well, I was five years old or four years old when that happened. It was yeah. the, the 78, 79, 80. <laughs> And there's there's kind of like no analog nowadays to that kind of running back. Derrick Henry is the only analog sure. to it. But like the whole league was dominated by the fact that like the strategy was to run belly and run ISO and run power mm-hmm. and then run trap and things like that. And there were these just these these grinding, grinding, unbelievably powerful, fast, strong, athletic guys who would just just eliminate you slowly over the course of the game. And that's what Franco was. And he was, he was the best of them. He was the best. of them. 
He was. And um, yeah, I mean, in terms of what he meant to the organization, obviously, you know, he was going to get his jersey retired. He's yeah. in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, just one of the best. And uh, Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame person. Uh, anybody who was ever, uh, now nah, I never got the pleasure to, to, to meet Franco or talk to him, but anybody who, who has that I've seen over, you know, the last few hours talk about it, you know, they're, they're basically echoing the same sentiment is that he was, you know, as great of a player he was, he was a better person. And um, yeah, big loss for the NFL, big loss for the Steelers as a whole. Um, so this game will have much more meaning than it originally did, which is already a lot of meaning for two teams right. that are fighting for uh, for perhaps a wild card spot. Albeit, you know, the the odds are slim. Yeah. Um, but you know, on the day of you know, arguably the the biggest play in the history of football, uh, honoring the man who was responsible for it, uh, the week of his passing. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, it'll be one to watch in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. We do have a game to talk about, though, when it comes to it, though. Um, Kenny Pickett slated to start uh, really? after yeah. dealing with. Yeah, that's uh, that's what the reports are. He's full go in practice. Okay. Um, so it looks like that he'll I mean, if he's if he's good enough, we're going to throw him out there. I don't agree with that decision, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you're, not the team, Raiders, you're not team Rudolph. Yeah. Rudolph on Christmas Eve. You're not. I was kind of team Rudolph against Carolina just because I didn't I stop giving a shit, you know, I don't bone. Yeah. This is the first year of my fandom where I've just been like, you know what? I'm, I'm a football fan for the rest of the year. I don't care. Um, that, that's how spoiled Steelers fans are. I, Six years old till now, I've had Ben Roethlisberger. Now I'm now Steelers I'm fans don't recognize that each one gets like an entire generation yeah. Of awesome. And then you go, oh, we have a couple of years where we, oh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be, I hope it's not another, you know, a lot of uh, Bu- Bubby Bristers and Mark Malone's and uh, uh, Jeff that Miller's. Couple, yeah, that was only a couple of years. And then Cord- Cord- Cordell Stewart came in, at least made things interesting. But like, I saw one of your, well, by the way, your the talk radio in Pittsburgh is cuckoo bananas pants. It is like, dude, don't get me started on talk radio in Pittsburgh, but continue right. with your thought now. I'm not even talking about Madden. I'm talking about the, the, one of the other guys. Like, you know, we made a list of the quarterbacks we'd rather have than Kenny Pickett. We only came up with six. Like, first of all, you're all 87 years old. Okay. <laughs> Everyone listening to your station is is eighty and like, and secondly, I'm not going to talk about implicit bias, but I saw the list and I know what implicit bias looks like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, the idea is like, would you rather have Kenny Pickett or a mystery box? And it's like, well, I would probably take the mystery box. Because the mystery box could be anything, even Kenny Pickett, as a joke. Yeah, the, the Family Guy meme, yeah. Right, right but like. <laughs> But like that's kind of what Kenny Pickett is right now, except that it's a mystery box that you know does not contain Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, and and in terms like the past couple weeks, like it seemed like Canada was letting Mitch Trubisky. Like I know Mitch Trubisky isn't you know fantastic by any means, but he can do more than Kenny Pickett in terms of his athleticism. And it seemed like the past couple weeks they kind of let him be Mitch Trubisky. Like he was able to you know let the play develop. Extend it with his legs, yeah. uh, not just being you know a three-step drop and a, a drag route that goes for four yards, um, and then repeat and then repeating the sequence. Um, uh, although he threw three picks against Baltimore, I understand that he also yeah, made some throws like oh they they were ugly. I know, yeah. but they he he did make a few throws that Pickett would not have made, and arguably you know was still kept them in the game that could have been uglier, even with those three interceptions. Like if Pittsburgh doesn't get a field goal block, they still win. Uh, so. 
And we saw it against Carolina. Um, what's become, you know, a weekly occurrence where George Pickens gets a deep ball down the sideline of the whole fuck it. George is down there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's becoming a thing. Uh, he leads the NFL in deep ball contested catches. And that's that's not nothing. So right. um, I, I don't think that you're going to get that same thing from Kenny Pickett. He doesn't have a big arm. We know what the game plan is going to be with him in the lineup. And it's going to be very boring and very bland. Luckily, the Raiders defense isn't good. So we'll see how I mean, they're riding high off of the most hilarious play in the history of football. Um, You can't even I saw Mina Kimes and Nate Tice talking about this. You can't even blame Matt Patricia for that. Really? No, you you have to blame just sort of like. The the inmates are running the asylum. I I don't like that. The fact that everything has gotten so loosey goosey that suddenly guys are like, I'm going to take it into my own hands like. There's no way five years ago anyone had been like, I'm going to do this on my own. Like, Gronk yeah. wouldn't have done it. No one would have done that. But, like, I, I think it speaks to maybe the, the coaches have been tuned out a little bit. Yeah. You know, but, but you can't say, well, Patricia told him, guys, just start lateraling if all hell's fit. Like, that's not, that's obviously not a thing. You mentioned Jacoby Myers after the game was like, all right, Jacoby, you, uh, you want to explain why, you know, in a tie game that could go in overtime, you decided to turn around and yeet it to the most. 70 yards backwards to the most unathletic quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt told me to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole thing about that is, and I, I talked about this somewhere else. The narrative of what happened is based on who was sent out to speak first. Mm. They sent Mac and Jacoby out first. So poor Mac had to go out there and say, well, you know, it's my fault that I didn't tackle Chandler Jones. It's like, you should not be out here talking. You, you, the guy who was in front of you went like this. You fell over. He's 70 pounds heavier than you and whatever. Uh-huh. Belichick doesn't go out first. Mm. That's that's his job. You go out there. Your job in this heartbreaking loss is to go and throw a little bit of a shield in front of your players. He does not. He usually shows up immediately right after the game and, go, and does the press conference. He waits 20 minutes. He sends Myers out and he sends Jones out. And then he does his, and then they track down Ramondre. I don't think Ramondre was hiding. I just mm-hmm. didn't think to take that. Remember, this starts with Ramondre saying, I got an idea. Let's run a pitch. <laughs> he's the one who gets the ball to Jacoby. But because he's the fourth guy to talk, no one remembers. That's like, And he took responsibility. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I shouldn't have tossed the ball. I, that wasn't the play. I, I made a big mistake. But but by the time that happens, you're – and, of course, you have Belichick up there. Uh, Mac Jones can't throw the ball that. Then go, then go fuck yourself. Honestly, like that's your starting quarterback. Then, then that's you know whose fault it is that your starting quarterback can't throw a ball fifty-five yards down the field. It's your fault that you're starting him, Bill. It's your fault that you drafted him. It's yes. your fault that you're starting him. Okay, you could have gone out there and made moves if you didn't think this is who it was. You could throw Zappy out there if that's really you know, that. Mac Jones is really just like thicker Kenny. He's Kenny Thicket. <laughs> it's the same kind of guy. Where yeah. it's a pocket passer and it's a white dude, and he doesn't have a lot of other skills, but he was successful in college. So you start raving about all these intangibles that you claim that he has. Okay, mm-hmm. and yeah, m- m- most of these guys, yeah, they, they are hard workers and things like that. Yeah, that, that's all true. It's not like it's untrue. Yeah. Um, but then Matt goes out there last year with Josh McDaniels calling the plays and the defense playing lights out and him throwing screen passes on third and eight to get 19 yards and all of this stuff. And suddenly he's Tom Brady Jr. And no, he was kind of what Kenny Pickett was when he has his little wins and gets the team to 19 points, which he's done a couple of times. It's kind of the same guy. And it's like, well, do you develop into this amazing processor or don't you? 
And that takes a couple of years to find out. You, you're not going to develop an amazing process or Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are calling the plays for you and everything is static and there is no motion and there's also no speed on your defense, on your offense. So, but yeah, Mac and Pickett, it is, it is, it's the same guy. I do. I think it's uh, poetic that the final Pro Bowl, I, and I'm, I will go to my grave thinking that the the uh, the nail in the coffin was uh, electing Mac Jones to the Pro Bowl. I think <laughs> after that, everybody was like, "All right, this this has gone far enough. Let's just turn this into a flag football game. This is horrible." <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Um, words, Mike Barilla, look up Mike Barilla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of some interesting lines before we get out of here, um, yeah. Bills Bears. Bills minus eight and a half. It's going to be a cold game in, in Chicago. The over-under is 40 and a half. I might take the under on that. I think it'll be a low-scoring game at Soldier Field. Um, the Bills, they're riding high right now. Uh, looks like they're going to, they're still in prime position to lock up the uh, the number one seed. They have a, this could, I don't want to say it's a p- potential trap game because they do have Cincinnati on the horizon. They could get caught looking forward to that game and not necessarily focusing on a bad Bears defense. Very bad Bears defense. I'm looking up the Bears against the spread. Oh, they're only five, eight, and one. Hmm, I thought they were higher. Uh, the Eagles saw the keep it close through Justin Fields running around in circles and making things happen. And I think that's a possible. I think it's a possibility on a cold day. I would if I'm getting eight and a half. I'd be leaning towards the Bears to backdoor cover that because, and I'm like, I agree that because of Justin Fields' nonsense. The Justin Fields nonsense, like the Bears, they aren't good, but they, damn it, they're fun to watch. Just because Justin Fields is just ungodly good, right? And and it's almost like there's like there's ten points that are just made by you know just by NFL even that run, even that run that he had, like it didn't count as a touchdown because his foot like grazed the out of bounds right. line. But that he like not exaggerating, what maybe one of the top ten quarterback runs of all time. Like that was absurd yes. what he's doing. I was sitting next to a guy and like. Just he's just a running back. He's just a running back, and I'm like, he's Randall. You're old enough. Mm. You remember Randall did this, and you can be much more than a running back if you're given some receivers and things like that because he can throw the ball very well and all. But but that that, that that's not there. They have nothing at receiver. I don't know what Equinemius yeah. St. Brown status is. No they gave up a second round pick for Chase Claypool, who has done nothing. Chase Claypool had a good game once. I'm he had four touchdowns against the Eagles once. I remember. It was, a, it, yeah. was, it was a great game in 2020, and he has been eating lunch on it ever since. Yep. And I'm so done with people, like fantasy people, like Chase Claypool. It's like, I don't want to hear the name anymore. You're a Steelers fan. Like, I don't want to hear that name anymore. Yeah, yeah. He went immediately, he sort of went kind of fame houndy, uh, you know, and, and just like there was nothing to back it up. He was what what Pickens really is, is what Claypool was sort of selling himself as. Yes, very much so. And it's so funny that he announced the, the selection of George Pickens. He, he, he announced his replacement. That is, <laughs> I love that it. Is, that is something go. fun. Um, Bengals Patriots. Uh, I do think Cincinnati will get the win there. They're three point favorites. Uh, the Bengals have been on, they overcome obviously the big deficit against Tampa Bay in Tampa. <sighs> Do I think they're going to win out though? Like this feels like a game that they should win, that they could, you know, kind of screw themselves out of winning. They're a much superior team to the, to the Patriots. Uh, it is on the road. Could see something wanky happen there. Yeah. I mean, Foxborough's Foxborough still. Exactly. Uh, and you know, I, I would look at that. I, I would look at that team practicing their absolute asses off this week. Cause they might be a little afraid of their coach's wrath. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but like, but overall, I think the Bengals are a very strong team. Maybe this week is, is a trap or whatever. Bengals are very strong. They're top to bottom. I think they're getting Hendrickson back. They're getting some guys back healthy. 
if it wasn't for the just the the juju, you know, the mojo of, of knowing, yeah. I just, just take the Bengals and run, take the Bengals and run. But you know, I I, I always worry with yeah, you know, that environment. DJ Reader playing at an All Pro level too, as well since oh, coming gosh, back from yeah, injury. Yeah. He's playing fantastic. Um, Commanders 49ers, the 49ers seven point favorites at home. Obviously, the Commanders still playing for their playoff lives. They hold a playoff spot right now. This is a win that they need. Taylor Heineke versus Brock Purdy. How fun. How fun. Yeah. But like Purdy, we're getting to know. I've heard comparisons yeah. between the two of them. And I, and I guess there is like a, a sort of a baseline comparison. The thing is, I really don't know what Brock Purdy is. I think Brock Purdy is going to flatten out as sort of like a borderline starting quarterback once we're. Once we've seen all the plays, he knows how to run. He was starting to flatten out, I think, a little bit in the Seahawks game, but you know there were fumbles and things like that, so like he was able to punch it in. We know what I mean, Kyle Shanahan calls, you know, a double a double pump fake screen yeah, that gets George Kittle open over the middle. Then that's beautiful. Like that was one in the other big play was like, oh, we're gonna have four receivers coming out like on a heavy formation coming to this side of the formation, and we're just gonna put this linebacker in a bind. And like two of them are running a scissors, but that's like at the middle of it. Like, okay, that's that's brilliant. So you're you're creating things for it. I mean, I know what Heineke is. He's he's sort of a high level backup because he's Mr. Pesky, yes sir, no sort of try hard guy. And he has that defense. I would I would like to look, know what the over under for interceptions was for Heineke because he's going to. Oh, that would be fun to pay attention to. I would take Taylor Heineke over an interception and a half that game. Well, yeah, I mean they're going to set it at point five, but I'm wondering what the spread will be. I wonder if it's up yet. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, it's probably not live because a player prop this early. Passing what, props. What sports book do you use to find interception props? Because I cannot find them for the life of me. They're on DraftKings. Okay, well, I will have to do that DraftKings exclusively because FanDuel, from what I can tell, does not have those. Uh, well, here we go. Uh, it's over 0.5 interceptions, but it's minus 170. They do not want any action on that because they think he's going to get a pick. They yeah, think he's going to throw a lot. Give us, give us 1.5 and some juice. Come on. Come on. Yeah, give, us, give us 1.5 and like minus 105 on it. Why not? Right. right. Plus 105 is two, two interceptions. Come on. Come on. Come on, house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's fun. All right. I think that that's all the notable games. We can kind of end on that. Uh, before I get you out of here, uh, one, are you a Christmas guy? Oh, hell yeah. And then. Okay. Uh, do you have a go-to Christmas movie? Used to watch Christmas Story with the kids, and then we switched over mm. to like Die Hard. I'm a huge It's a Wonderful Life guy. My oldest has gotten into It's a Wonderful Life. Um, and if you have not like partaken of that because you've been told it was corny or it's old-fashioned, everything, get, have a get some eggnog, sit down with an open mind, and look at It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life in its entirety. Um, I've seen like the first like 15 minutes of it. So what, what I. It? It's, on, it's on broadcast television and they do six hours of commercials. So no one yeah. has stamina to get through the commercials. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's on a streaming service somewhere. Like find it and like watch it thoroughly. It's, it's about a two hour movie. They run it to, like four hours. It's a long movie. Yeah. It's it, a long, it movie, a long but, movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's got an alternative, it's, it's got a multiverse in it. You know, it's got it's got an alternative timeline in the middle. It's like Avengers Endgame, but like in 1943. You know, so there's a lot going on in this in this story. So, but it's it is it is legitimately powerful. Yeah, I'm not anti. It's a Wonderful Life. I'm just, do I want to sit down for two and a half hours and watch this movie? Um, so, but you know, it, coming from you, I will give it a shot. What about you? I'm, What's yours? 
what is my go-to um there's like a lot of animated ones that we had growing up because like i grew up with you know a bunch of siblings um so uh, uh no i'll tell you uh, i'm up it's christmas carol oh, that yeah. is i think i think that's the best iteration of uh, a christmas carol uh michael Caine's fantastic as scrooge uh the, the music is catchy um and it's just a really is a it's a very good telling of of the story i think it's really true to yes. to, the, to the dickens novel so yeah i muppets christmas carol probably my go-to one i do i do love them. i do love me some muppets so yeah that's a good choice i do too I, I you know the funniest thing about that and i always laugh at it they don't say like when they're doing like the opening credits like all right michael kane is scrooge it's not like the person controlling kermit as Bob Cratchit. Yeah. It's Kermit the Frog as right. Bob Cratchit, and I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard, but holy hell, I find it funny. Right, right. It's like yeah, Jim Henson as yeah. <laughs> in Star Wars, they always credit Frank Oz as Yoda, and Frank mm -hmm. Oz is also Fozzie and Miss Piggy. Um, but it's really yes, yes. So Frank Oz was imported into Star Wars because there was no other puppeteer except those two who worked together. Yeah. And if you well, I mean, go listen to Yoda, then go listen to Fozzie. I will have to do that. I never thought of You're going to do this later and you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this. But yes, that is that is legendary puppeteer. I think he passed away a year or two, Frank Oz, mm. uh, who, who did that. But but yeah, in the Muppet movie, it was right. Yeah. And featuring Rizzo the Rat as like, like you know, like, like, oh, good. I'm glad the IMD page for Rizzo the Rat has now been like, like fully updated. You know, he's got a SAG card. You know, he's a sock with eyes on it. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, like, I'm not even like the biggest Star Wars guy, but that, yeah, I did not know that. That is, that is great, legendary puppeteer. And in the old ones, it was puppeteer. He's yeah. Like, when he's uh, Luke's carrying Yoda around, he's got there's a guy behind him with his hand up in here to operate the puppet. Did not know that. Yeah. You, you teach me something every time I talk to you, and I always appreciate that. Um. <laughs> I always appreciate you as a whole. And there's a select few guys that I say this to at the end of every show. You, Rotoram, and Ben Albright, because you guys have always you know, taken me under your wing since I was, you know, 18, 19. And I appreciate you very, very much so. We'll be taking um, you under our wing in, at Beats in the season. That's in a month. A couple, couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. I'm not booked up. We're ready to roll. Last time we talked, I was like, oh, crap, I got to get booked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like freaking out because I said it was in a month, <laughs> even though it was like more like two months. But, yeah. you know, I'm excited. Um, I haven't. We haven't booked the Airbnb. I feel like I'm gonna have to like get a hotel because the other media guys I was supposed to stay with are just dragging their feet, and I don't want to be rushed. Right. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening there. But no, I am excited um, to go to this rib joint that you are very excited about. Um, I'm I gotta be honest with you. I'm not a big rib guy. I don't dislike the taste. I am just uh, anti messy food guy. So. Yes. Their smoked wings are amazing, but it, it is a, a major issue because it's like you're taking notes and tweeting and everything else like that. And when you're done, that, yeah. Like, so go with the brisket. They have brisket there. It's off the bone. I like brisket. Brisket's good. It's off the bone, and then you get a little piece of white bread. And you can, or you just, you just eat it. They have a couple sandwiches there too. So okay, yeah, that might that might be the move for that. I'm excited about it. I will. I'm very much looking forward to that. I will see you in a month. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, and Happy birthday. Uh, Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, and I'll be checking all your football outsider stuff out as I always do because it uh, it makes me a smarter analyst and a smarter fan. So appreciate it all you do. Merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the final episode before Christmas. We'll be back to preview the penultimate week of the NFL season next week. Recap everything that happened in week 16. 
Mike Tanier, Jared Bailey. This is a bump fake. Merry Christmas. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.